My name is Leonidas, and this is Informed Dissent. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 29 of Informed Dissent, the podcast where we push back against the culture of groupthink, challenge the narrative. I hope you're having a great week. So things have really gone off the deep end with the Biden presidency, so much so that even the leftist media like CNN is questioning him over just the absolutely despicable handling of Afghanistan. And, and it just keeps getting worse every day. Every, every single update is just more horrifying than the last one. And we'll talk about that quite a bit today. Also, COVID mania continues to ramp up and the creep of authoritarianism has turned into an outright sprint. The slippery slope is vertical at this point, just straight up and down. And few people seem to be recognizing it. So I'm, I'm calling this episode identity crisis because we're being bombarded with anti-American ideals every single day from actual identity crises in the gender madness to the race madness to the climate madness to the covid madness and now the military madness none of it is america none of it yet we're we are constantly inundated with this deranged nonsense that is completely disconnected from reality in who we are as a country or who we should be as a country and if America is to survive, we need to figure out who we are and right now. So first, clearly, the biggest story in the nation, if not the world, right now is, is what has been going on in Afghanistan. And I'm sure you know, but the, the suicide bombing and subsequent gun battle at the Kabul airport in Afghanistan left 13 U.S. military soldiers dead, 15 wounded, and reports of up to 170 Afghans killed, including women and children. And that isn't even mentioning the thousands of Americans and however many Afghans who helped us who uh, were still left stranded, hoping that they too wouldn't be killed. And there had already been reports of that happening. Some reports saying that interpreters who helped the U.S. were having their tongues cut out. Horrific. Just an unbelievable travesty. It's absolutely horrifying. There were videos going, out, going around in social media of the, the aftermath of the bombing. and It's just heart-wrenching to look at. And now there are reports from the New York Times even uh, that a drone strike that was supposedly intended to stop another attack on the airport, ended up killing a bunch of civilians, including like seven or eight children. And now we're completely out. We're, we're completely out of Afghanistan with uh, the last soldiers leaving on Monday, just leaving the Taliban in complete control, and apparently hundreds, if not thousands, of our own citizens, Americans, as well as an untold number of Afghans who, who helped us during this whole thing, we just left them behind, threw up our hands, said there's nothing we can do about it, left them trapped and stranded, praying that the Taliban doesn't kill them too. 
It, it is hard to find words for how awful this is. Every day I'm, I'm sick to my stomach over what's been happening over there. And then, and then you have the callousness on top of it. You have images of Biden at the receiving ceremony, the, the dignified transfer, where he met with the families of the fallen soldiers as, as their bodies returned to America. Yeah, flag-draped coffins coming in. And what is Biden doing? He's checking his watch. Grieving family members seen him do that. Like, man, do you understand how people are feeling right now? Of course he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't, or, he, or he doesn't care. I mean, the wife of a soldier who was killed said that Biden met with her and, and gave her some pre-planned speech about his son, Bo, and, and just went through this uh, scripted exchange. Using his son as a political prop in a pre-planned speech and not even able to offer any heartfelt condolences to the family. Another mother took to social media to say he did the same thing to her. And she said she ripped into him and told him it's not about his son, it's about hers. And that he was responsible for what happened. And she's right, he is. And she said he rolled his eyes at her, walked away, and just waved her off. (laughs) No empathy at all. No understanding at all of what he has done. Look, there's just so much wrong with this. And it's all terrible. All of it. And the worst part is that it was all avoidable. None of it needed to happen. And I know people always try to say, and Biden does this too, try to say that people want to stay in Afghanistan forever. And that's the reason people are upset. No, it has nothing to do with that. Nobody And people aren't complaining about getting out of Afghanistan or ending the war. People are upset because of the way it was done and all of this disaster that's going on right now that was completely avoidable. It's, it's despicable. Yeah, emotions for me have, have ranged from a profound sense of sadness to frustration to anger and disgust. I, I despise our government, man. I, I despise these people. I don't want to use the word hate, but you know, we can just call it an intense dislike. And I say it often. I, look, I love my country. I love our ideals and the values that America was founded on. But I despise, despise our government, especially right now. This administration is despicable. It's an absolute disgrace. And I'm ashamed to be associated with it at all. The incompetence and the ensuing callousness with which they sacrifice the lives of these people, innocent civilians and members of our own military, it's disgusting. And I wish I had a stronger word because I don't feel like the word disgusting does it justice. The, the shoulder shrugging about evacuating people and leaving people stranded and blame shifting to President Trump or even on the people themselves. It's evil. And Biden seems to have no clue what's going on. Or like I said, he doesn't care. All we get are hollow words from a teleprompter that he can barely read that were written by someone else. 
yelling at us in indignation for daring to hold him accountable for what he's done. His hands are soaked in blood and he wants to blame Trump. Blame the Afghan army. Blame the people who are stranded. Anyone but himself. It's unbelievable. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said that thousands, thousands of ISIS terrorists were freed by the Taliban. And we willingly enlisted the Taliban to run security checkpoints for us because he says, oh, well, we have leverage. <laughs> what? There are now reports that we, the Americans, could have maintained Kabul in these supposed negotiations with the Taliban and run our own security. But we turned it over to them on purpose and said we just needed the airport. You guys can have the city. Are, are you kidding me? And then surprise, some, somehow a dude with a suicide vest magically gets through the checkpoints and, and blows up hundreds of people. And no one knows how it happened. Hey, give me a break. I, I am sick of it. I'm sick of the incompetence and the empty words and the gaslighting. I'm sick of all of it. Joe Biden is not capable of leading this country and he needs to resign. And yes, I know that gives us a President Harris and I don't want that either. And maybe that was the plan all along. Who knows? But I, I don't care. Biden has to go. We can deal with the madness of Harris when that comes. But Biden is not, he's a decrepit old man who has lost his mental acumen to either age-related cognitive decline or early-stage dementia. That much is clear. And I, I don't think that's debatable. You look at speeches from, from 10 years ago. Uh, you look at, look at how his cognition was operating then. It's night and day. The man has lost it. Either way, he cannot continue to be commander-in-chief. And I'm sick of people pretending like this isn't the case. Pretending like everything is fine. He can't, even, he can't even do a press conference without having prepared questions and a list of friendly reporters to call on. And that's when he isn't running out of the room and not taking questions at all. He's a disaster. Now we find ourselves teaming up with terrorists, handing over billions upon billions of dollars of equipment I think it was something like $80 billion worth of military equipment, including planes and helicopters and firearms, leaving allies and citizens stranded in a hostile country to be tortured and slaughtered, setting up this arbitrary cutoff date for, for being out of the country and allowing the terrorists to dictate the terms, allowing a terrorist attack to happen during the evacuations. Handing a list of names of people who helped us over to the terrorists. It's just, it's unbelievable. And they really did that, by the way. They, they gave over a list of the Afghans who helped us so that they, they say the Taliban would allow them through the checkpoints. <sighs> I mean, there were earlier reports that Taliban fighters were going door to door looking for these people and had already executed several. And there are now videos showing that happening. And like I said before, there are reports that interpreters are having their tongues cut out. We just handed them a list. It's, un it's unreal, man. I we left behind biometric equipment that had their names and biometric information. And, and, and that's now in Taliban control. 
It is the ultimate betrayal. And on top of all of that, as if that's not bad enough, we now have to worry about countries like China and Russia coming in and exploiting this situation. And Biden wants credit. He wants credit, guys, for the biggest rescue mission in American history. He doesn't want all of this blame. He wants credit. There are videos of parents handing their babies over walls to soldiers. There are audio recordings of American citizens saying that they have no way out and that every time a car drives by, they think it is the Taliban coming to kill them. There are text messages from people believing they're going to die, accusing America of abandoning them. There is an organization that's called the Puppy Rescue Mission that's been trying to get military service dogs out of the country because they too are being left behind. <laughs> They're leaving dogs behind even. A 17-year-old soccer player is dead because he hung onto a plane as it took off and he fell hundreds of feet trying to escape the country and the Taliban because he knew he would be killed regardless. Images of flag-draped coffins returning to the U.S., family members kneeling with unimaginable grief at those coffins after they arrive. And you want credit? Listen, if your incompetence and awful decision-making causes the Titanic to sink, should you get credit for rescuing some of the passengers who were on board while leaving the rest to drown? Should you get credit for that? If you drive drunk and run a school bus into a tree, should you get credit for saving the bus driver from the fiery wreckage, but not the children? How do you get credit for slightly cleaning up a mess that you made? What do you want? The slightly less of a disaster than it could have been award? I mean, are, are, are people really buying this? Americans should be livid. Absolutely livid. Beyond livid. We look weak. We look impotent. We look evil. We betrayed all of those people. We allowed hundreds of people to die for no reason. We have no leadership. And we are being gaslit by everyone in charge. It is outrageous. And it's completely unacceptable. This is either the biggest foreign policy failure in recent memory, or it's a massive conspiracy that is being conducted intentionally. Those are our options. And I hate to wade into conspiracy theory waters, but look, what is the explanation? There comes a point where incompetence just doesn't explain how bad things are. And you have to wonder how much of it is intentional. And I'm not alone in my thinking here. Laura Logan is a journalist who, she is incredible, one of the best in my opinion, and she is well-versed in these foreign wars and foreign policy issues. And I just want to read you a little of what she posted about this. She said, the U.S. has the technological capability to wipe any enemy off the battlefield, but this is obviously not being used. Why not? Afghans know this, and to them... It is a clear indication that the U.S. wants this outcome. Man, 
spot on. You cannot convince me that our military intelligence and that those in charge have no idea what's going on and don't or didn't have the capability to wipe these people out. Not just ISIS, but the Taliban. For all intents and purposes, they're the same to me. They're all terrorists. Our military leaders pulled the intelligence and air support from the Afghan army and then had the nerve to act surprised when it all collapsed. We didn't know it collapsed that fast. Are you kidding me? How long have we been there? <laughs> you didn't know? Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe that they were caught off guard by that. And Joe Biden pretending to not know what's been going on and uh, didn't know anything about the list of Afghans who, who helped the U.S. being given to the Taliban, only to say later, yeah, yeah, we, we think that did happen. Just plead ignorance. I, I, I just can't believe how bad this is. I, we knew the Biden presidency was going to be terrible, but it has been shocking how quickly things have gone off the rails and how much worse it's been than we even anticipated. There hadn't been a U.S. combat death in Afghanistan since February of 2020. We hadn't lost that many service members in a single day since 2011. This man cannot remain president. The entirety of this administration needs to be removed. Just absolutely despicable. Okay. So... The COVID hysteria continues, and the authoritarians and petty tyrants just cannot get their fill. This is never going to end. And we've said this from the beginning, guys. It's as long as people continue to comply, and as long as people continue to go along with this foolishness, it's never going to end. You're going to, there's going to keep being lockdowns. There's, there's going to, we're going to keep getting mask mandates, more boosters. There's, there's no end here. And, you know, America is bad enough, but man, you look at some of these other countries and it's just, it's amazing that people are tolerating what's going on. And I, I, and I can't really say much because Americans are tolerating pretty much everything that's happening here too. But you look at somewhere like Australia and holy cow, you know, people are being fined and threatened with jail time if they leave their house or, or leave their local government area for unapproved purposes, which they, they've been doing this for a while. And yeah, it's again, it's just never ending. <laughs> they, they just launched something called operation stay home because they said people kept making excuses for going, for going out like uh, for things like exercise, those monsters leaving their houses to go exercise they're basically Hitler. Indistinguishable. And never mind that obesity is one of the largest risk factors for severe illness with COVID. And exercise is exactly what people need to be doing. But hey, follow the science, right? What do we know? Anyway, according to ABC Australia, this Operation Stay Home involves not being allowed to travel five kilometers outside of your home which is three miles. You can't go further than three miles from your house unless you're visiting your chosen singles bubble buddy <laughs> or, or an intimate partner. Bubble buddy? And, and 
you have to register that bubble buddy with the government or else you get fined. Don't you dare get caught with a non-approved bubble buddy. You will be fined. The bubble buddy cannot live outside of your three-mile radius (laughs) or you will be fined. My goodness, it's insane. And no recreation outdoors at all. Well, if you're unvaccinated. I think they're allowing like uh, like an hour of rec time for for vaccinated people, but you can't go to you can't go to parks or do outdoor dining. Uh, can't do none of that. You will be fined. <laughs> oh man! And you have to have a permit to travel to other regions outside of your area. Uh, they said that they put fourteen hundred highway patrol officers on the roads. And set up roadblocks around Greater Sydney. And again, they'll find anyone who they say is doing the wrong thing. So if you get caught, yep, you get fined. And the fines, listen to this. $5,000 on the spot fine for breaching self-isolation rules. Or lying on a permit. Or lying to a contact tracer. $5,000. Five grand. $3,000 for breaching outdoor exercise recreation rules and $3,000 for breaching permit travel rules. Are you kidding me? $3,000, and, and like I said, it looks like if you're vaccinated, you do get one hour of outdoor recreational time, but I, I don't know how they track that. Maybe somebody from Australia can let me know, but still, yeah, I mean, they're running this like a prison. <laughs> One, one hour of rec time, as long as you have good behavior, I suppose. But, you know, they, they're apparently doing anything they possibly can to keep people home, no matter how insane. Yeah, there, was a, there was an animal shelter where the police killed all of the dogs in the shelter so that the staff wouldn't come in. How, how nuts is that? How depraved is that? They're also setting up quarantine camps. Yes? Camps, which I'm sure is nothing to worry about. We have no historical precedent to compare this to, so I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Australia's off the rails. Just unbelievable. But listen, fear makes people extremely dangerous because they're willing to do just about anything when they're legitimately afraid. And then you, then you have people in power who know that and exploit that fear to their advantage. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And it's not just in America. It's not just in Australia, but it's, it's all over the place. We see it in Canada, too. We have, we have Justin Trudeau, uh, the prime minister of Canada, saying the other day that they're, they're going to use what they learned from COVID and apply it to the climate and to housing and pretty much anything they want to do. So they tell you. They say it out loud. And, and people still pretend like it's all a big conspiracy theory. These people are showing you who they are. And they're telling you their plans. Out in the open. Believe them. They want you to be afraid. And they want to be able to manipulate that fear to pursue their agenda. That's, that's what they're doing. And like I said, we have our own problems in America. And it's mostly circling around the vaccine and those of us who are still refusing to get it, which apparently makes me a horrible person. And people love to have that sense of moral superiority that they can wield over others. We saw it with masks. 
and with lockdowns, and now we're seeing it with the vaccine. And I've speculated before that we seem to live in a time period of what I call photo-op philanthropy. It's the, this idea of superficial benevolence. You know, p- people find it far more appealing to give the appearance of being a good person rather than actually being one. And maybe they actually believe it. Maybe, maybe they've actually convinced themselves that virtue signaling is the same as being a good person. That all that's required to be an exemplary human being is to convincingly portray one. <laughs> I mean, as long as other people believe it, then your work is done. It's incredible, really. I mean, people don their costumes of moral superiority and pick up their virtue props that they wave around as they prance around this fake scenery and pretend to be a good person. It's, it's a play. None of it's real. And I'm reminded of Shakespeare's All the World's a Stage and All the Men and Women Merely Players. And it rings true in this sense. Everything is a performance. So when it comes to vaccines, it becomes much less about the vaccine itself, and it's more about the performance for a given audience. And often there's even applause and standing ovations. It's a play. Sometimes it's a really bad musical. Yeah, look, getting the vaccine does not make you a good person. It just doesn't. Okay, not Not getting the vaccine doesn't make me a good person because it has nothing to do with morality or virtue. It has to do with each of us doing what we think is best for ourselves. And the insistence that I'm harming others by not getting the jab is asinine for multiple reasons. Not only do vaccinated people also have the potential to spread the virus, but unvaccinated does not mean sick with COVID. And it's ridiculous to conflate the two. And even for those who are sick with COVID, so what? You're vaccinated. You're supposed to be protected, even if you get it. That's what you told me. That's why you're trying to force me to get it. It's safe, you tell me. It keeps you out of the hospital. It lessens your symptoms. Great. Then what the heck are you worried about? It just makes no sense. The CDC director herself said that vaccines cannot prevent transmission. So all you're doing is literally trying to reduce symptoms with an experimental treatment. That's what you're doing. Well, let me tell you something. If being a good person is your goal, trying to attack people's liberty and force them to take the jab against their will is an instant disqualifier. Fearing your neighbors, demanding that the government remove their liberty and shut them out of society. The historical company you find yourself in, not so great. Not so great, my friend. Look, mandating the vaccine, forcing people to take it, it would be unethical even if it were perfect. But it's not. All kinds of people are having horrible reactions. And, you know, you might say, well, it's rare. I don't care. It doesn't matter how rare it is. You can't force somebody to take something that might result in their death or permanent disability. You cannot do that. There is no justification for it whatsoever. A BBC presenter, Lisa Shaw, died, 
died after getting myocarditis after she got the AstraZeneca jab. She died. She's not here anymore. She is gone. And she was young and healthy, likely didn't need the vaccine, and she died. It's awful, extremely tragic. Several nurses where I live have had severe side effects. One that I know of is permanently disabled. I have a friend who told me his uncle got myocarditis after getting the jab and ended up dying in ICU. This is not a game, folks. And look, I'm not trying to fearmonger or or say that the vaccine is definitely going to kill you or cause a vaccine injury because for most people that's not that doesn't happen. But the point is that these things are possible. They're on the table. And there's absolutely no justification ever for forcing someone to take that risk when they don't want to. FDA approval or not, it doesn't matter. You cannot allow fear to cloud your perspectives and cause you to engage in this authoritarian insanity. And I understand the fear surrounding COVID. I get it. I mean, especially given the doom and gloom coverage from the media, but people are dying from COVID, okay? It's happening. I get that, and I understand the fear surrounding it. But people really need to take a step back. We know that nearly everyone who gets COVID is fine, especially younger people. But that doesn't seem to make a difference. The fear and sense of moral superiority is too strong and has become too controlling. We have people getting to the point where they are not only demanding mandates and and cities like New York and San Francisco shutting people without a vaccine passport out of society, but an increasing number of people are saying that hospitals should refuse to treat unvaccinated people or insurance companies should drop them. There was a story out of Chicago about a mom who lost custody of her kid because she was unvaccinated. Are you kidding me with this? How can you possibly do things like this and believe that you are the good guys in this scenario? Look, the VAR system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, that allows people to self-report adverse reactions to vaccines, it should be enough to give people pause. Nearly 14,000 deaths, 56,000 hospitalizations, 5,000 episodes of Bell's palsy, 1,700 miscarriages, 6,000 heart attacks, and 18,000 permanently disabled. Guys, not I know this is an anecdotal self-report system and not a controlled study, but like I said, it should give you pause. I also recognize that compared to the numbers of people who have been vaccinated, these numbers are relatively low. Though not everyone who has a reaction is reporting to VAERS, so the numbers could be much higher than what this indicates. But regardless, it should give you pause. That isn't even mentioning the fact that we still don't know the long-term effects of this. Hopefully, there is nothing significant, but it's impossible to know because it hasn't been long enough. There are too many questions, and people are literally dying and having terrible reactions. Many of these people whose risk of severe illness with COVID was already extremely low. 
So it's unbelievably unethical to force people to take it. It would be anyway, but this just makes it even more so. If you force someone to take it and they die, who is liable for that? Because that, in my mind, is homicide. You killed them. You made them take it and they died. You killed them. I say it again, and I'll keep saying it. People should be free to make their own individual risk assessments and decide whether or not they should get the vaccine. That is the only logical, rational, ethical answer here. And I get so tired of the straw man arguments and the misrepresentations. Every time there's something controversial, nobody can be honest about what that argument actually is. Oh, you oppose abortion? You must want to control women's bodies. Oh, you oppose how Afghanistan was handled? You must be a neocon who wants forever war. Oh, you you think climate change is overhyped? You must be a science denier. You oppose infringement on the Second Amendment? You want children to die. You don't believe in systemic racism or don't think racism is a significant barrier in determining whether or not people succeed. You're definitely a white supremacist or you think racism just doesn't exist at all. Don't want the vaccine or oppose vaccine mandates. Yep. You want people to die and you're an anti-vaxxer. The list goes on forever. Every single time. This is always the tactic. Every time. No one can have an honest conversation about anything anymore. Ever. It's always mind reading and assigning the most nefarious intentions to the opponent's argument. Why? Because it makes you feel like you're a good person and you have the moral high ground. The only reason people make those kind of arguments is to shut down debate without having to actually defend their position. Appeal to authority. Appeal to emotion. Appeal to whatever they possibly can to make you out to be the bad guy and them to be the good guy. And then... Magically, the debate is over. No need to debate with a monster. It needs to stop. We need to have honest discussions. Still man each other's arguments instead of strawmanning them and making up arguments out of thin air that nobody was making. Intellectual dishonesty is dominating our national conversations. And look, as a Christian, I believe none are good but God. But I know that we can at least strive to be good. We can strive to be better people than we were yesterday. And that starts with recognizing each other's humanity and recognizing our own fallibility. No one should think themselves important or enlightened enough to know what's best for other people. I talk about liberty so much in these podcasts and pretty much every interview that I give because it is at the crux of every single issue that we discuss. It is vastly important. And we must not lose sight of that. That is what it means to be an American. It's one reason the Afghanistan debacle is so upsetting. And one reason why the COVID stuff is so upsetting. Because it goes against everything that America stands for. It's something that China would do. Or Russia. Some country that does not share our ideals. But not America. Not the land of the free and the home of the brave. I love this country, and it is painful to see it sliding further and further away from what it was intended to be, what it has the potential to be. 
further and further away from our founding principles and guiding moral compass. Jordan Peterson has said that hierarchies tend to tilt toward tyranny and must always be kept in check. And America is no different. Those who love this country and who love freedom do not have the luxury of being complacent. We must continue to fight for it and never stop fighting for it. We cannot lose our love for liberty. Thanks for listening. I'm Leonidas, and this has been Informed Dissent. If you would like to help support the show through donation, you can do so at donorbox.org slash Leonidas. D-O-N-O-R-B-O-X dot org slash Leonidas. I really appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, give it a five-star rating, share with your friends. Also, follow me on social media at Leonidas Johnson. And check out my website at leonidasjohnson.com. And always remember, do your own research, challenge everything. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.